Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, 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 April 19th, 2021. What's going on? How are you? I don't know what just happened with that Monday. I started doing it, and I started thinking of uh, Robert Plant, and he's like, John Bonham, over the top, 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 top. Like, that was like some crazy effect that you could have back in the 1970s. And people, back when LSD was the real shit, man. None of this fucking happy mushrooms I figured myself out, man. This was the real shit. The shit that made you think you could fly. And you'd rip your eyeballs out or whatever else they used to tell you in those stupid student films. Which evidently was all bullshit. I never did acid. You ever drop acid? Uh, Why would I do that? It kind of sounds like I wouldn't want to do that to my brain. Oh, dude, I fucking dropped acid back in 76 at a Steve Miller concert. Oh, the second he went into tick tock tick, dude, I went back in time. And then what happened? Uh, I got a job at Home Depot. I was one of the three people that they hired at one of their locations. I'm convinced that they, they have a minimum of six employees at each Home Depot. You know? I bet there's a lot of, like, struggling actors that work at Home Depot, and then they, say, they go like, oh, is this what fame is like? I don't want to do this. Like, you know, when you go into Home Depot, it's just like, if there's anybody with one of those fucking aprons on, like 40 people like, oh, my God, where the fuck is this thing? I <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Doing that as they're trying to talk to you. And then you're the person like, I found him first. Get away from me. Get away from me. Right? Like the fucking, I don't know. I fucking hate that place. Home Depot is the fucking worst you know, what you really need to do, if you're going to shop at Home Depot, you got to spend a week there by yourself and you yourself have to figure out where the fuck everything is. So when you go in there, you know what the fuck's going on. Because if you want help in that fucking motherfucker of a place, just giant. You know what even makes you feel more lonely in that place is how high the ceilings are. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Looking for a gasket, gasket, gasket. Fucking worst. Um, so anyway, I had a, I had a freaking great, I had a great day. I had a great day yesterday. Um, I was, uh, it, first of all, it was the perfect day out here. And I was just thinking, wouldn't it be great if every day was like this? But then I realized if every day was like that, then it'd just be like, you know, you'd get bored. You'd be praying for an earthquake or, uh, or a rainstorm, which is why heaven, the concept of heaven has never made sense to me. Just every day is just fucking amazing. Ever, for the, forever. And you just walk around happy all the time. There's, the way human beings are, your brain would just level off. You know? Like when you're in them clouds, you don't know which way you're going, and your equilibrium tells you upright when you ain't. Right? You would be sitting there, just thinking, like, after a while, like, you know, and it's great, it's great, yeah, it's great, it's fucking heaven, oh, it's amazing. Fucking month in, ah, 
Everybody's gonna have their eyebrows up just walking around like, oh my god, this is so fucking great. Um geez, that's a scary thought because the whole concept then when you start thinking about that, the whole concept of forever is just like it just it it, it seems worse than this shit. Because no matter what the fuck you're going through in this life, it's gonna end. <laughs> At least it's gonna there is an ending to the movie. Boop, don't take that ending. Um, hardcore MASH fans know why I just sang that theme song. Um, you know that there's a fucking ending. Um, but with that shit, there's like no ending. But then if you went to hell, oh, you're going to burn me again? Well, you know. Nah, hell, hell, well, hell, for some reason, hell, like I can picture that better. I don't know what that says about me. I can picture just being tortured for the rest forever. <laughs> I don't know. I just can't imagine just fucking hanging out, you know. I'll say what you want about hell. I bet there's a lot of funny bastards down there. Um, making fun of the way you scream when you're in fire versus them. The ball breaking would start, and then the devil would get mad. Hey, I said no fun down here. Oh, dad's home. Fucking, what are you going to do? Send me to hell again, you fucking red cunt? Um, <laughs> hey, man, I'm like, why can't we all just sort of, you know, clean up down here and just realize we all fucked up on earth and uh, let's just make the best out of it? Can you imagine that? Can you imagine if you unionized hell down there and everybody just thought, all right. I don't know, but then you'd have like rapists and fucking pedophiles down there you'd have to watch out for. That's a stupid idea. That'd be like if you could somehow get everybody in a jail, if you were in prison, to all of a sudden just be cool to each other, make everything else go away. You can't fucking do it. That'd be like uh, getting the Middle East, everybody to settle down. That'd be like getting the corporations to actually do something right for the people rather than their own fucking wallets. It'd be like the NFL taking responsibility for the, the health of the players. <clears throat> Sorry. Anyway, what I was trying to say it was a great day. I... I uh, I went flying yesterday with my, my instructor, and um, it was windy as shit, and like 30 knot winds, and he's like, we'll be all right, we'll be all right, so 30 knot winds, I, uh, I was actually faced the wrong way, it was weird, one windsock was blowing one way, one was blowing the other, and the flag I usually look, look at was not, they didn't have it up the pole that day, so I was like, all right, well, we usually go this way, and of course, I get in, you know, I get in, I turn on the fucking radios, I listen to the ATIS, and it says they're going the other way. And I'm like, all right, well, what are you going to do? Lifted that fucker up nice and straight, slid out, went the other way and came around. And the fucking, you know, when I took off, obviously under the wind, it wasn't bad, but it was still bumpy. But when I went crosswind and then went downwind and the wind was to my back, um, yeah, that was pretty, uh, it was pretty intense. It's pretty fucking intense, and uh, the whole day was really bumpy. But the great day, great thing about flying in that, other than the experience of it, is uh, L.A. is so fucking clear on those days. Like, um, usually on days when it's good to fly, just the haze that's out there. Everybody always thinks people mistake smog and haze. Smog is brown. Haze is haze. 
Everybody just because of LA's reputation just thinks every day, like the air quality out here is way better than it was back in the 70s and 80s when it was just like fucking brown outside. So, um, but on, yeah, it's just all the, the people driving around, the dust and all, and literally like, I didn't even get into what I realized what haze is. It's also like fucking, yeah. All the people out here, your skin flakes off, that gets in the air. It's fucking disgusting what it really is. So anyway, Mother Nature blows it all out. At least that's what I heard. That might be wrong. I don't know. Mother Nature blows all of that shit out, right? And uh, yeah, it's just dust, dirt, fucking all of that shit. The same shit that's in your house just goes up into the air. So it's blown all away. Those are the days when they take, you know, they hire helicopters and then they do the touristy pictures of Los Angeles. And those are the days when you can see downtown LA and behind it, you see snow-capped mountains. And you're like, how did they take downtown LA and drop it in the middle of fucking Utah? What is this, right? It's those days that they do it. So we flew, um, I did an instrument approach into uh, Santa Monica. And then I transitioned along the beach through LA airspace at or below 150, which is the shit. I'm gonna film that one day for you guys just to see what that's like on a beach day. There's people on surfboards fucking doing the waving to you, you know, crossing the arms over the head, doing the, like, come rescue me shit. Um, you got to look out for kites. <laughs> That's how low you are. Um, and then you get on the other side, the smokestacks, you come up, you get on with torrents. We did uh, some landings there on the uh, the pad. And uh, then we flew up near Hawthorne. I got to see, you know, a little bit of the Rams, San Diego Chargers, new stadium, which looks just fucking incredible. Looks like a stingray that's like been was swimming and they took a picture when it was flapping down. It's fucking amazing. Um, but that is in the Bravo airspace. If you guys are into this shit, where all the big guys, all the big boys land and ladies and they's, all right? Fucking assholes before you try to get me in trouble. Um, they all come in. So you go around that and go up to 110. And uh, it was so fucking, by the time we got back to the airport that I flew out of, the wind gusts were up to 50 knots. And we were like, you know what? Fuck that. And I learned a really cool thing. You just call another airport, which I guess I would have figured out if I was soloing, but this is why I always still go with an instructor to keep learning on these new experiences. We just sat down at another airport, Ubered back to the airport we took off from. You know, I'm just paying the fee to leave it there overnight. And after my podcast, I'm going to go over. Today's a nice calm day. Get up, fly it, put it on the dolly and stick it back in the little fucking hangar. Uh, but it was fun is hell to get back up there. And um, I hadn't flown in a little over a week. I got some work coming up. Uh, we're editing um, season five of Epis for Family. And I uh, just got a little busy doing that. So whenever I don't fly for more than like four or five days, I always end up just going up with an instructor again and be like, all right, let's go through this, you know, do some auto rotations. And uh, you got to be humble, man. You can't be thinking you fucking know everything. But... Uh, I had a great time. And listen to this shit. So I've been listening to a lot of, um, I, I always were, was fascinated about the uh, the whole session musician, studio musician scene that existed out here in LA and hearing stories about how, you know, I was talking to a guy yesterday who was going, oh man, he goes, I would have two or three sessions a day. And then some guys were so good and needed so much that they had an open call to drop into these places to do jingles for like commercials, for radio or for TV. They just had an open fucking call. Um, 
You know, one of these days, I, when, when this fucking thing clears up, Vinny Caliuto, one of the greatest drummers of all time, I'm going to try to get him on my podcast so he can talk about... I talked to him about it one time where he was, he was the drummer for the Joan Rivers show. He was doing all these sessions and had jingles and also toured, and he just was just constantly playing drums. And I just downloaded this fucking album that he played on, which is really incredible because I know that I heard this music before some sort of sports highlights or, um, or possibly the Olympics. I don't know if anybody recognizes this music here. It's not something I would normally listen to, but I was listening to... Let's see here. Let me just sort of fast forward through this part. Let me see if I get to the beginning of this thing. Here we go. Wait. And the Kansas City Royals have turned a corner, winning six of the last seven. Thanks to Willie Wilson, the bat of Frank White, and their closer, Dennis Leonard. Right? So it's like that type of shit. So this album, as crazy as that shit is, like if you, it's Bill Mayers or Myers, M-E-Y-E-R-S. It's called Images. You can get it on uh, iTunes. And what's cool about this thing is they had these things back then, these recordings that was straight to disc. And what you had to you had to record, I don't know if I talked about this last podcast, I can't remember, you had to record the whole fucking album in one take. And if anybody fucked, anytime anybody fucked up, they had to start over again on the first fucking song. So, you know, if you were going to fuck up, fuck up in the very beginning. Don't fuck up on track number eight out of, out of 10 or whatever. Um, so this album, if you listen to it, um, and you listen to the arrangements, the different time signatures, and uh, sometimes when the whole band drops out and the, and the, uh, the keyboards are just playing, the hits, they're always like offbeats and just really crazy shit. And Vinny is just, the whole band is just fucking on it. So anyways, there was that whole scene back then. So I, of course, love drums and everything. So I was watched this great video that my drum teacher, uh, Dave Elich, sent me on uh, Jeff Picaro. And he mentioned all of these guys, most of the guys I heard of, Andy Newmark, Vinny, and those guys, but uh, there's always this guy, Jim Gordon, that I always heard about, that was this incredible fucking drummer, unfortunately was an undiagnosed schizophrenic, and uh, heard voices and killed his mom, so <laughs> that's the other side, but but when he was behind the drums, um, anyway, um, so they, he was talking, Jeff Picard was talking about some of the albums that they played on. So I looked up, I don't know how, I ended up getting into like this Carly Simon, right? Not this Carly, this Carly Simon album. So I got the one that had the hit You're So Vain on it. And um, that has Jim Gordon playing drums and it's the, you know, incredible track that he plays on. And first of all, the lyrics to You're So Vain. You know, I remember when I was growing up, uh, I wasn't growing up, I was, a, I was like, I don't know my early 20s when that fucking, um, or maybe late 20s, I don't know when it came, that jagged little pill, what's her face came out where she's just like, I fucking hate you, step on your nutsack. That fucking time. Mr. Duplicity, let's go down on you and I theater. And everybody's just like, oh shit, she went in. She fucking went in, right? Which she did. 
And it was way different than anything out there. But I got to remember, she went in so fucking hard and she so tapped in to how jilted and left behind she felt that as a man, when I listened to it, I was just like, I don't know who she's singing about, but I hope I'm glad he is not near her. (laughs) I felt it's funny. Women listened to it and were just like, yeah, fucking that's what you fucking get. You fucking fuck me and leave me and fucking write a song about you. All I would think was like, Jesus Christ, if this guy's dick is still attached to his body, good on him. That's all I got out of that. But if you listen to the Carly Simon, You're So Vain, which by the way, by the way, Mick Jagger is singing backup from the second chorus on. And what's so crazy about it is, is like, you, I've never heard, all these years I've heard that song, I never heard his voice. And then once you know he's singing backup, it's so up in the mix, you can't not fucking hear it. And he's even like totally singing like Mick. I bet you think this song is a bad, yeah. You know, yeah. Right, I know I'm doing a bad, you can almost feel like his fucking hand on his hip when he's doing the shit, right? So, uh, but anyway, the, the lyrics to that one is as hard as she's going in. I guess it's about, each verse is about a different guy that uh, she had dated. And because um, everybody's like, oh, that song's about this guy. That song's about this guy. Oh, no, it's about that guy or whatever. But she's now starting to say who the song is about, um, which to me indicates she either has a book or a tour coming up. Because why would you do it after all of these years? Um, you know, it's all, it's all a fucking, it's all Ringling Brothers. It's like that fight this weekend. Whatever, that, that shit that was going on. All of that, <laughs> that fucking... Donnie and Marie show meets fucking boxing, whatever the fuck that's supposed to be. Um, I actually got two invites to watch that. He's like, you know, watch that. It's like, no, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see the wedding band version of boxing. I just don't. But I'm happy for everybody, you know, that went in and fought and made some fucking money. You know what I mean? But I'm not paying the same amount of money that I paid to see professional fighters to see this shit and then see somebody win and you start thumping your chest like you're the second coming of fucking Roy Jones. Um, and my favorite thing is standing up on the ropes, thumping your chest like you're like there's a crowd there. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even buy this. This is me. Okay. I didn't even rent Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. That was the dumbest fucking thing I'd ever seen in my life. This guy is one of the greatest boxers of all time. This guy's one of the great mixed martial arts fighters of all time. So we are going to try to determine who is the best fighter by fighting to one of their strengths. It's just like if they fought and it was like, all right, we're going to go into the octagon. What's his face? McGregor ends, ends Floyd Mayweather in the first fucking minute. It's it. He's in an arm bar. He chokes him. He just takes it to the ground. It's fucking over. They're just going to stand there and fight. I mean, how did you not see that coming? All right. Floyd could take this guy out in under a fucking minute. But instead, he's going to carry him so people feel like they got their money's worth before he finally takes him out. It's, it's fucking... Um, it's, I'm, look, I'm not going to say it's ridiculous. It's entertainment. That's all it is. It's fucking entertainment. But uh, yeah, I wasn't going to sit there and watch that shit. Um, but I will talk about it to give it more attention, which is what everybody fucking needs. So it continues on. All right. But my buddy Pete Davidson did ho- host it. So I was happy for him. 
And I saw that he was trending and everybody said he was absolutely fucking hilarious. And then that made me wish that I did rent it. So who knows? But you know what? I didn't watch it because I was too busy um, watching my Boston Bruins with the Taylor Hall trade, which all of a sudden has injected the life that we needed in our offense. Okay. And we sweep the Islanders who we could not beat. Well, we beat them back to back games. I can't say that's a sweep. You need that. You need, it's a three game sweep, you know, a home and home, whatever the fuck you call those things. Uh, we beat them both games and then we beat the Capitals and scored like fucking six goals on them. I missed yesterday's game, but like, you know, the Caps kind of like the best we could do. We, we'd always be up two to one in the third period. Then they tie it and then we would lose in a shootout and they, well, you know, you got a point out of it. It's like, well, you know, I, I think in the playoffs, that's a fucking loss. So I don't see us doing well against them. So um, I feel like we have risen up to the level of those two teams, at least. So now we can compete. If you're going to get out there every week, I need to know that you're going to compete. And do the things you need to do. Um, so I'm very happy about that, man. That makes me feel, uh, you know, makes me feel good. And you know what? I went on the fucking internet. I already forget this guy's name. But somehow in my YouTube, you know, when, when you go on and it, and it has you, it tries to suggest videos for you to watch. This, this fucking Bruin that I had never heard of. See, let me just, I can look them up. 1978 Bruin OT goal Canadians. Um, Bobby Schmatz. He just passed away. He dies at 76. Um, when the hell was that? I guess it was... Uh, earlier this year. So rest in peace to him. Um, I had never, I didn't know that this is the guy that that character Dr. Hook was based on in Slapshot. The guy was like my size. He fought like the fucking Tasmanian devil and he had no fucking problem taking his stick and going right for your eye and he didn't even give a fuck. Like a fucking lunatic. Fucking lunatic. Um, be honest with you, I've never liked players like that. <laughs> just, you know, I, you know, if you want to be a fucking lunatic and do whatever it takes, I, I, I draw the line at trying, not caring if you don't end somebody's career. But um, he seemed like, uh, like when you read about this guy and the way he played, I watched this video of him. It was like you. It was like one of those Wild West characters, John Wesley Arden. So mean he once shot a man for snoring too loud. Like he was just like <laughs> he was out of those days. Except he was on skates <clears throat> and had a stick. Um, all of that stuff's really fascinating. So then, I, of course, then I go down a rabbit hole. And um, if you want to learn about players from back then, uh, the, one of the greatest things to do is you just go buy a complete set of cards. So I find, you know, I was looking at like hockey cards and that type of shit and just the fucking names. It's like every name was just a, f let me see if I still have it up here. Um, I don't know if I, I think I got rid of it. Yeah, I did. I had it on eBay. Like I was looking at the early seventies, every guy's name, Jacques, Claude, Jean, like they were all 
Frenchman. Um, and everybody was like Canadian, and there was a, only a couple of Americans. And, uh, you know, it took me a long time. I didn't even realize that. when I, I just thought anybody from with an English-sounding name was from the United States, and it really was just English-speaking Canada, which is basically everything west of Montreal, as far as I know. And um, but it was kind of fascinating to watch that. And he also, I think he had Stan Jonathan's number first, and then Stan Jonathan had it, and then Nevin Marquardt. And uh, forget who had it after that. What was Lucic? Was Lucic 17? I can't even remember anymore. Lucic number for Bruins. He was 17. Yeah, yeah. So there's something about that number. If you get that number for the Bruins, that that you are going to be a lunatic, at the very least, like, you know, you're going to be somebody, you're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Um, so anyway, uh, Red Sox seem to keep winning. Um, I watched actually a full game of theirs the other day. It's a fun team. And uh, I think I'm going to get the MLB package. Give me something to do this summer as I wait for stuff to start opening up so I can get out there and start touring again. I cannot wait. <clears throat> this is how much my brain is in stand-up right now. I actually woke up thinking of a bit, you know? Well, you know what it had to do with? It had to do with me thinking about getting this fucking F-250, this Ford truck that I always wanted, which I don't fucking need. And I really don't have any space. I don't have any space for it, people. I'd have to put it in fucking storage and switch it in and out. Like, what, what am I doing? Do I really want to do that? Yes. Um, <laughs> but, but I will give you, I will tell you this. This is what I've learned with building a car on the internet. All right? I don't give a fuck what it looks like. Whatever the color is, you go down and you look at it. Go down and look at that shit and see what color it really is. Because I built this Ford F-250, 4x4, sprayed in liner, the diesel engine, and I did it in velocity blue. And it was the most gorgeous truck I had seen in the modern era. It looked like this aqua, sort of misty blue, understated, but classy. Almost looking like that Cadillac blue that I loved, that caddy in that Tarantino movie, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when they pull up to the Sharon Tate house. I mean, that fucking Eldorado is God. That fucking car, oh my God. And the thing about that car, it's so beautiful. I wouldn't want my friend to have it so I could drive next to it and just watch it go down the road. Because that's the thing, when you're driving the beautiful car, you don't get to see it. <laughs> <laughs> you get to drive it, but you don't get to see it. So um, anyway, so I went down to look to see what this Velocity Blue looks like because a buddy of mine who just ordered a truck and, and uh, he got it and he said, this is, this is what the color looks like. And I was looking at it going, that's a lot more bluer than I thought. Dude, I saw that in the sunlight, dude. It is, it's like Smurf blue, like a Play-Doh blue. It's just like, God damn, that's fucking blue. And to have a big truck in that color, I was just like, no fucking way. So now I'm back to the drawing board with that shit. And that's kind of like what I was thinking about um, as I'm kind of going back and forth 
on whether to do something stupid like that. Um, that's what gave me the idea for the bit, which I'm not going to tell you because I need shit for my act. So anyway, so last night after we set the helicopter down and everything and uh, Ubered back, got in our cars, laughed and fucking went our separate ways, came home, had a great dinner, you know, and all of that shit. And then, you know, it was uh, it was the weekend. So that's when I get crazy. You know, that's when I really throw down and I go out and get myself a chocolate malt. <laughs> I switched it up. I got an Oreo shake. Got one for me and one for my wife. And I was driving and it was the perfect fucking night. That's what I was getting to. It was just the perfect temperature. And that breeze that was fucking with us when we were flying on the ground was fucking amazing. Um, had the windows down and there was no traffic out and it was really quiet for whatever reason. And, um, you know, it's not often that you get the great feeling of, of driving in the middle of nowhere, um, on a great road in Los Angeles, in a city, you don't get that feeling too often, but, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. It was just a, it was really was just a perfect night. And then the fucking shake was delicious. And that's what, that's what I do now. That's what I do now. I'm really going to try and st stick with this as I try to figure myself out for the first time, I guess, in my life. Um, oh, and also, uh, how about that uh, MotoGP race? Congratulations to uh, Fabio Quattararo um, winning the race. It would have been more exciting if Alex Rins and... Uh, Zarco didn't fucking wipe out towards the end. That kind of killed some of the drama uh, of the race. But it also also built it because it kind of lit a fire under both of them that now I feel like that they're really going to have to try to go for some points. Obviously, getting no points on that last race there. And I think Fabio Quattararo was in the lead for the championship. And Mark Marquez was back. Congratulations. Uh, he was in ninth for most of the race. Those two guys wiped out. He ended up fin finishing seventh. I just thought he was going to just come out and do what he always did or at least be on the podium. And it uh, really just shows you how difficult racing is, that you can't just come right back. You got to, like, get the rust, you know, shake the rust off, and then they got to get his bike dialed in. But um, I'm looking forward to him in a couple of races getting back to where he was and then everybody having to deal with him being a force again, and then that's when the season should get crazy because I don't think that, like, uh, Mears, Rins, Quattrararo, I don't think any of them fear that guy. I know they respect him, but it's just like, good, come back and be as good as you ever were, and I'm going to fucking beat you because, I mean, that's how you want to win, right? You want to fucking, um, you want to beat the best. So, anyway, I... Uh, so that's my new thing. I, I don't know that I'm even going to come uh, jump it back to just being sober here. I don't even know if I'm going to go back to cigars. I probably will, but there's, I have this urge here in the morning to just slowly give away everything in my humidor to my friends who uh, who smoke cigars and just kind of like, like I, I always kind of want it to be like, uh, I got to stop accepting cigars is what I have to do. Um because people give them to you, then you stick them in the humidor, and then it's like, oh my God, it's getting filled up. I need to smoke a few of these, but blah, 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 blah. Um, I think I, could, I would be way better off is if I had no cigars at home, and occasionally every other month or something, if I went out, you know, 
with my wife, like we hang out, have these great days, you know, we'll get a babysitter or something. We just spend like afternoons together. And I always thought it would be cool to just kind of go out, get something nice to eat. And then, uh, you know, going to some place that has cigars and some booze, whatever my wife could get a drink. I could sit there and smoke a little shorty there and then head home. Right. And then that'll be it. That's it. And, you know, as my mother always said, everything in moderate, everything in moderation. Um, all right, let's read some advertising here for the week. Uh, what do we got here? Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's old Zip. Recruiter. Are you hiring for spring? How did you hear about us? Can you give us a home phone number? Sorry. Are you hiring for spring? What type of role are you hiring for? Maybe you need to hire someone to wear many hats, which can be challenging. Or you might have a simple position to fill, but it's taking forever to find someone who's great, a great fit for your company. Time is money. You know, you don't got time for that shit. That's where Zip Recruiter comes in. With Zip, uh, Zip Recruiter can help you find qualified candidates fast. And now you can try it for free. Free. At ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. C-I-P-R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R dot com slash Burr. Whether you need to hire a civil engineer in New York, a pediatric nurse in Nebraska, an attorney, in, an attorney, an attorney. I thought it was a attorney. An attorney. An attorney. An attorney in Colorado or even a mascot in Missouri. I know the rule. If it's A with another vowel, you use the N, but just that sounded weird to me. But uh, attorney sounds stupid as shit. An attorney in Colorado. Old Zip. <laughs> Matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to, to apply. And so this is great. You know, you sign up. People who need a job sign up. And you guys meet. It's like a dating, uh, a dating app for jobs. It's so effective that four to five employees who post on Zip get a qualified candidate within the first date. Um, from accountant to zoologist. Jesus Christ, they're running the gamut. And everything in between. They got Warlord in there? Zip makes hiring easy. And right now, you can try it for free at our only at our only our listeners get in link. Uh, ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. If you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr today to try ZipRecruiter for free, we get credit for sending you. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. Spell out Burr. B-U-R-R. I think I need to spell out Recruiter. R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R. You did not make it to the finals of the Spelling Bee. All right. Oh, did they stop doing that, by the way? The National Spelling Bee because of COVID? All these fucking nerds just sitting there staring out the window spelling words with no crowd to do it in front of? That's really sad. All right. <clears throat> Candid. We thought it'd be funny. For those of you who don't know, I'm doing Joe Piscopo, who used to do Alan Funt from the Candid Camera Show. We thought it'd be funny. Candid. Unhappy with your smile? You don't have to be. Thousands of people have used Candid, the clear, comfortable, removable, and practically invisible aligners to help straighten their teeth, and now they love their smile. I mean, come on, man. How can you go through life not loving your smile? You're literally denying yourself happiness. Oh, I'd really love to smile about that, but I don't like the way I look. 
Do something about it. Just like Cameron S., Nashville, Tennessee. Once I started kidding, whoo-wee, my life completely changed. I started going to the gym more, started eating better. Only had nine slices of bacon instead of 76. I even have better dental hygiene. And my, my family's like, what are you, some sort of liberal Yankee? I'm like, no, I just got my teeth straightened. My goal for my wedding was perfect teeth, and Candy got me there. And Candy's here to help straighten your teeth so you can fall in love with your smile, too. And if you fall in love with your smile, if you love yourself, I'm telling you, the broads are going to be coming out of the woodwork. Ladies, you're going to be slapping them fucking you-know-what's away. Uh, Your treatment is prescribed and closely monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who's an expert in tooth movement. Hey, big boy, what do you do? I'm an expert in tooth movement. Okay, what does that pay? Uh, You'll have the same quality of care you'd get from an in-office orthodontist from the comfort and convenience of your own home. And while other companies gross use general dentists general dentists they're not gonna try to straighten your tooth they want to yank it out of your head candid only works with orthodontists with candid with candid we thought it'd be funny the same orthodontist who created your plan is with you from start to finish like john calipari so you never have to wonder how you're doing he's going to get your teeth in the league within one year um, the average candidate treatment is candid treatment. Sorry, is just six months. You'll start seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. I'll tell you right now, I did something like this. I I did a a different system, um, but I immediately saw results. My teeth up top were always great, but down low, you know, there was a little bit of crowded elevator down there, and they straightened them out, and it's fucking awesome. You got to do it. You feel great. You start laughing. Ah ha ha ha. You know, look at my straight teeth. Woo! Anyway, <clears throat> become your best you. Start straightening your, straightening your teeth today. Right now, you can say, you can't have crooked teeth in 2021. That's like having a boil on your neck. What is it, the fucking 1700s? You live under a bridge there? Um, oh, my recorder died just like that. Jesus Christ, I'm in the middle of a read. I'm being candid. It's all right. I just went in the other room, played drums for a half hour, let this thing charge up, you know? Fucking good times, good times. You don't waste a second of the day being calm and relaxed in dealing with your past. You just continue to plow forward. Um, (laughs) Where the hell was I? All right, well, other companies use general dentists who just want to yank the fucking teeth out of your head. Candid only works with orthodontists. With Candidate, with Candid, sorry, the same orthodontist who created your plan is with you from start to finish, and you'll never have to wonder... How you're doing? The average candid treatment is six months. I said all of this shit. You'll see that uh, you'll start seeing results way before then, and it costs thousands less than traditional braces. Uh, become your best you. Start straightening your teeth today. Start laughing at jokes. Ha 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 ha! Right? Enjoy your teeth. Right now, you can save seventy-five dollars on Candid Starter Kit. Go to candidco.com/burr. And use the code BURR. That's CandidCOCharlieOscar.com slash BURR, B-U-R-R. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 off. $75. That's my daughter says, $75 bucks. $75 on your starter kit. CandidCO.com slash BURR, code BURR. And least, uh, oh no, we got a couple more here. Simply safe, everybody.
This is what everyone, which is part of, which part of your house feels a little less secure uh, than you might want? Uh, maybe your first floor windows, maybe a French door. Oh, Jesus. Are we still giving them shit for rolling over to the Germans? I mean, they, they were right there. The Germans lived in Canada and they came down to America with those fucking tanks with Porsche engines. Oh, yeah, we'd be, uh, you know, we'd all be eating strudel. Uh, for me, it used to be, um, I'm not telling you the weakest part of my fucking house. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you the weakest part of my house, the fact that I'm there to defend it. <laughs> Yeah, just, just take whatever you want. Just don't break it, okay? Jesus Christ. Um, but I never have to worry about that now because of my security system. From Simply Safe, now there is no time, day or night, where I have to worry because I know my house is always being guarded. If Even if you already feel safe, that might not be true of everyone in your, your home. If you, if you never had a conversation about that, it's honestly not a bad idea to do. It feels really good to be able to press the home button on Simply Safe keyboard pad a keypad and hear the bass say alarm on and know that if anyone did try to come in, the alarm would go off. And the thing is, Simply Safe just makes it easy. It takes only about two minutes to customize the system on your, their website, simplysafe.com slash burr, S I M P L I S A F E dot com slash burr. The system arrives in about seven days and then it takes just about 30 minutes to set it up. All right. I've done it myself. It's really easy. Go to simplysafe.com slash bird to customize your system and get a free security system. And you also get a 60-day risk-free trial so there's nothing to lose. That's simplysafe.com slash burr. You know, in the future, that'll be hooked up to a robot, you know, and it'll just be like someone's coming into the house and then you have to hope that your home security robot is smarter, quicker, stronger, and faster than the criminal's break-in robot, you know, come in with a metal head, but still wears that black ski stocking, you know, because the burglar has a sense of humor, or maybe he's just nostalgic. Um, my bookie. Dude, is there anything better than breaking into, into a house when somebody has sleep apnea? I mean, it's, you can fucking cut open a safe. They don't even, they don't even hear you. Uh, my bookie. Watching any sport is a hell of a lot more exciting when you got a little at stake in the game. But regardless of why you play, you need a platform that makes it easy. At mybookie.ag, they make it easy. Uh, talk about what games you're watching now, who you would bet on, last game you went to, favorite sport, etc. cetera. Uh, I've been watching the hockey. Been watching the hockey, and uh, I would bet on the Bruins now that they have Taylor Hall. Yeah, I bet the over. Um, whether you're looking to bet NBA, MLB, or this weekend's UFC 261, my bookie is the best place to bet. And though odds can change, put a, a wager on Masvidal right now to win the fight and you'll triple your money. That's right. A $100 wager on Masvidal uh, would net you 300 bucks in return. I hope I'm saying his name right because I think that's a guy who came running out with the flying knee and gave him the old right there, Fred. With UFC 261 slated to be the first full capacity live event. Get the fuck out of here since the pandemic began. Oh, I'm ordering that. My bookie should put up an over-under on how many cases of COVID will come out of it. Oh, I thought we cured it. No matter what, if you're going to bet, there's only one place to do it, and that's my bookie. Sign up now with promo code Burr at mybookie.ag to get your first deposit, deposit matched up to $1,000. That's promo code Burr, B-U-R-R, at mybookie.ag to get a free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anytime. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.
Why don't they just have them fight outside? You know? And just tell people to wear masks, and most people will, and you can limit the damage. Um, who knows? Anyways, all right. Ah, um, oh, fuck. I forgot. To, my dad drew you. I forgot to tell Andrew. I couldn't, for some reason, in the, he sent me the thing. I couldn't see the picture. I'm going to text him right now because I want to see this. Hold on a second. Somebody takes the time to draw old freckles with leftover paint, I'm sure. All right. Andrew. I couldn't see the picture that that dude's dad drew of me. Can you text it to me? Question mark. You, you always have to have good punctuation in your voice text. Um, all right. I'll get back to that one. Um, well, anyway, I'll just read it here. So my dad is a big fan of you. So as I, he actually was, oh, so am I. He actually was the one to show me your specials. Dude, if I hear one more story like this coming from Mexico, I think old Freckles is going to have to go down there and do a little fucking comedy club. Um, and he is a big fan of Star Wars, too. So when I showed him The Mandalorian and saw you, he got excited and quickly drew you in your Star Wars character. How fucking cool is that? And there it is. I didn't see it. I got I to gotta look at it. And I watched probably a joke picture. Uh, really nice acting in the show. Sincerely from Mexico. Well, you know what? I just watched this whole thing last night. Um, I got into, uh, I was watching this whole thing on Julio Cesar Chavez. I, I, that was the entire time when I was trying to make it as a comedian, and I missed so much of his career. And my God, I watched this whole fucking thing on him. The body blows. The way that guy would just, he would just break you. <laughs> just watching I never saw a guy go to the fucking liver so fast after a headshot just watching this entire compilation. And the guy's like career record was like 147, six and something. I, I, I got to get this right. Um, as everybody claims to be the greatest. Uh, let's see here. I mean, just having that many fights. 107, six and two. What the fuck? Unbelievable. So he's the bar. If you ever wondered why Mexican fighters are so goddamn tough and don't quit, it's because they got to live up to that guy. Incredible, incredible story. Um, all right. Easter Bunny is all about fucking. Okay, here we go. This guy, this person is going for big air early. Hey, Billy McVegan titty. <laughs> Last Monday, you asked what the Easter Bunny has to do with Easter. Well, I used to go down a rabbit hole myself, pun intended. By a, uh, I went down a rabbit hole myself, pun intended, by a guy named William Cooper, who was a conspiracy theorist. He ran a radio podcast called The Hour of the Time, and in a few episodes, he broke down the symbolisms of holidays like Easter and Christmas. Easter is based off a pagan deity named... Oh, Esther? Dude, the Catholic Church just ripped off everything from the pagans and is all about fertility and rebirth. It corresponds with spring. Everything has life again, born again, which is why they threw Christ coming back from the dead on top of that after the Romans became Catholic. But the Easter Bunny is all about fucking and having babies. Yeah, see, guys, he's not coming back. The guy, I'm telling you, this is just all, it's a marketing plan. 
But the Easter, because this guy just told me this. So now I 100%. This makes one more, way more fucking sense than this shit. Somebody dying and coming back from the dead. But the Easter Bunny is all about fucking and having babies, being fruitful. The chicks are obviously about babies being born, but it's all about the sun's return to a particular spot in the sky. The vernal equinox. Google that shit. But say hello to Noah and kiss the kids. Whatever that means. Noah's Ark. Love the, the podcast and please, for the love of Oster and a baby Jesus, go fuck yourself. Well, here's my question. What about people in the Southern Hemisphere? When it's spring up here, it's going into fall down there. So then do they? when is their Easter? It's the same time, right? Or do they have a different Jesus? Um, you know what it was? Is they did it way back in the time. When they didn't give a fuck about the Southern Hemisphere. They were just in Rome. Is That's probably the explanation for it. Travel, right? All right, yoga douche. Recommend reading and recipes. That's what I'm trying to be. Although I kind of fell off of my yoga. I need to get back to it. Just find my center, my chi. All right. Hi, Bill. Hi, Bill. My husband loves your podcast. I've, er- I've heard that you're doing yoga and meditation now. Trying. I'm trying to. My husband also thinks yoga is for douchebags. You know what? I like your husband uh, and I agree with him. But he has seen how much it's helped me deal with my depression and chronic pain I was in a really bad car accident six years ago. Oh, man, I'm sorry to hear that. I was lucky enough to have a great yoga teacher who taught me belly breathing or pranayama. It helps calm the nervous system and deal with anger. Oh, shit. Okay. I think I need to learn how to do the old pranayama there. Yoga isn't really about stretching. Oh, Jesus. Don't you love that when you're fucking 30 years into doing it? Um not 30, 20 something years. It's about exploring your inner self and healing. I thought it was about trying to be more stretchy than the person next to you on the mat. I thought it was competition. Um, I think you would benefit a lot from this practice. Breathe in fresh air slash life. Exhale the anger. Relax your face. Let go of the tension in your shoulder and jaw. Rebalance your body and mind. I recommend exploring the wisdom of yoga by Stephen Cope. S-T-E-P-H-E-N-C-O-P-E. I'm reading all of this stuff because as much as a lot of you guys are going to give me shit about this, there's a bunch of you guys quietly being like, I'm going to fucking do that shit. Um, kind of like when I used to drive a Prius. Everybody's like, dude, what are you fucking, did you have to blow the salesman to get that? All right, and then secretly they'd be like, so, does that thing really do good on gas? <laughs> anyway, it will help you understand more about your visual, visual, visualizations when meditating. A bit of a hard read, but you get an idea of what's happening in your practice. Got to love a difficult read on on fucking meditation. Uh, Whenever I feel anxious at night, I take my time to practice. This takes me away from torturing my husband with my anxiety. I feel a lot clearer after. I also think you should try Costco's frozen stir-fry veggies. They're already sliced. You just add them to your stir-fry protein, cover with sauce, let the veggies cook till tender. Frozen veggies have fewer pesticides than fresh. Who knew? Also try making a stir-fry sauce beforehand and storing it so it's quicker when you cook. My sauce is a third a cup of soy sauce, tablespoon, teaspoon of sesame oil, teaspoon of brown sugar, teaspoon of grated ginger, teaspoon of minced garlic, and a third a cup of water. It's good for any type of stir-fry. The ginger and garlic help fight inflammation. Uh, Happy stretching. Go fuck yourself because my husband said you have to end it that way. Best. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate it. 
um, I'm definitely going to say that I'm going to try that. Hopefully I do it. All right. <laughs> Porn addicted 23-year-old. Oh, gee. Hey, Bill, no chill. I'm a 23-year-old guy from Norway, and I'm going to get straight to the point. Like many guy out there, I've been transfixed by porn ever since I found this curse. I love that you called it a curse when I was a little kid. Ever since, I've been watching it once a day and sometimes even more. Until a couple months ago where I figured out that I was addicted to it. My addiction is not nearly as bad as other people had seen, but I noticed I was addicted nevertheless. In my case, my addiction was that I needed to watch it to masturbate. Oh, Jesus. I've been there. Don't get me wrong. I could still do little wank with my imagination. However, I didn't prefer it. Now I've been almost 30 days free and I feel great about it. That's awesome. I still get the urge though, but managed to beat it off. Pun intended. Oh, this is like the pun week. Granted, it's not as hard as quitting smoking, I can imagine. Uh, you mentioned a couple times that you stopped watching porn a while ago. No, but then I relapsed. I've been, I've been doing it again, so I got to stop again. So I just, uh, I went from May to December. And now since December, I on and off, you know, the holidays are rough, everybody. <laughs> Every once in a while, you got to turn to porn to try to take the edge off. So I was just wondering what made you quit. And do you think porn addiction is something we should take seriously? Absolutely. I think we're all lab rats, social media, um, uh, porn and all of that stuff. And I think the powers that run social media and porn will then do what the cigarette companies do when the studies come out that say these things are bad and they're not good for you, they'll they will flood the market with air quote doctors saying that it's healthy, that it's not that bad, blah 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 blah. That's what always happens. Um, no, it's terrible. And the people that are in it were abused as kids. You know, nobody with options fucking gets into that thing. It's a terrible fucking thing, and you're actually helping it out. You know, so it's be one less thing that human beings do to hurt other human beings that you could get away from if you choose to. While I say this, sitting here wearing clothes that were made by crying people in sweatshops that try to kill themselves, but can't because there's nets outside to prevent them from plunging to their death. All right. Husband slash wife, argument over the hole in the ground, literally. Dear back on the road, Bill. Wife and I agreed we both wanted a basketball hoop in our driveway and eventually decided on an in-ground one. Uh, being that I am the resident basketball expert in the house I played in high school, I decided where it should go on the driveway. Uh, she did give her opinion, but I used the scientific me method. I measured the exact length of the driveway. Oh, you went in. To find the exact... Mid I was thinking my dad put one up. Uh, he thought the regulation was nine feet. <laughs> so we had a nine-foot rim. He built it himself, bought the hoop, it was actually cool, but like it was on a ridiculous, like probably like a a twenty to twenty five degree bank. So, so <laughs> you know, it was probably eight and a half feet if you were on the left side, and it was about nine and a half feet on the right side. But it was fun as shit. Um. Anyway, he said, uh, "Wife and I agreed. We both wanted to wanted a basketball hoop. Uh, blah 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 blah. I measured the exact length of the driveway to find the exact midpoint." so as to have an equal space on both sides of the rim for shooting, just like the pros do. That's great. We have a six-foot, uh, we have a six-feet overhang above our garage, which shortens the court on that end, so I moved the hole about 10 inches away from the side to increase the area over there to shoot. 
Uh, we'll have also oh, that probably messed with the symmetry that she didn't like with the house, right? Well, after breaking my back digging the hole, the wife says that she do, she don't like it. That is too close to the road, and that the ball will go out to the street too much. We are now on the fourth day of her not speaking to me over this issue. Oh wow, it got to that level. I woke up today with a compromise. I filled the damn hole back in. Oh, of course, of course, because it's all about their fucking feelings. Unbelievable. Do, do guys ever win that fucking fight? You can't win. If you win, then they just mope around and be a douche for the rest of time. Or you give in. And then they act like that's a fucking healthy relationship. Yeah, I'm telling you, all of this bullshit out there about how fucking toxic guys are. And they ignore this aspect of fucking women. I swear to God that you are a fucking prisoner of their fucking emotions. That you have to find your happiness within the airspace of their fucking happiness. And they get to fucking do whatever the fuck they want. It's unfucking believe. Oh, sorry, this, that shit just sets me up. Yeah, so you, of course you filled the fucking damn hole back in. Of course you did. This is why guys have funnier fucking stories. You know, where's where's her funny? So I pouted, and then he gave in, and I I, I watched a, I watched I you know I enjoyed breaking his spirit. Then the guy's got the story of so I'm fucking filling the fucking goddamn hole back in. It's hilarious. Anyways, and told her we will order a portable one that I can move whenever I want to shoot. All right, so you got a little bit back. Bill, my question is, should I have held the line being that she knows nothing about basketball? I am always the compromiser and bridge builder, and normally I'm okay with it, but on this, it really bothers me being her, her lack of understanding or e on even... Uh, ever playing basketball plus her literally acting like a child and locking herself in the room until she got her way in my opinion really bugs me how do i kiss and make up on this uh this is what you have to do this is what you gotta you gotta play their game you gotta play the fucking guilt game so this is what you do okay you fucking do exactly what the fuck she wants you to do and then you tell her how unhappy it makes you and then you don't fucking talk to her. You literally play the game back and be like, this is not, this is, this is an abusive relationship that you do this. And, you, and what's the thing? You can't say it in the tone that I'm saying it. You just got to be like, fine, we'll do it the way you want to do it. And I just want you to know that this makes me really unhappy. She's not even going to fucking play anything. You just convey to her how much pain she's bringing you by doing this constantly. And then that's what you have to do. And then in the end, when she goes, oh, I'm sorry, you can put the hole back. And now you got to go out and dig the fucking hole again. All right? You have to tell her that we need to work on this part of the relationship. All right? I'm just going to say it the way I'd say it to a guy. You got to fix it up for her. Because this is fucking bullshit. This is fucking bullshit. All right? Let's just say next time I dig a hole, I ain't putting a fucking basketball hoop in it. You understand what I'm saying? No, no don't go that far. But you know what I mean. It's so fucking ridiculous. And I swear to God, that right there is the normal. That right there is the normal. With all these fucking stats out there that all these fucking stupid feminists are throwing out there, just like the fucking cigarette companies, throwing all of this shit out to, to, to support their side of the argument and acting like they, they want equal footing. They don't. They do not. They do not because they completely ignore this. Oh, you got me going on a Monday. Um, am I wrong to be jealous of boyfriend using sex apps and watching porn? No, it's, it's, it, that's your line. If that's how that makes you feel, you should communicate that to him and then he should respect that. 
See? See that, ladies? I'm not always on the fucking guy's side. Like, that basketball hoop thing, the fucking dude was right. The lady was wrong. And on this one, she's right. Okay. Hello from Alaska. Oh, wait a minute. Alaska? What the fuck else is he going to do? Go outside and get eaten by a bear? Um, I love your podcast, Monday podcast and enjoy your straightforward answers. I'm 31 years old and have been with my boyfriend for about 10 years now. You guys are taking it slow, huh? Recently, he's been downloading all these apps that are kind of making me wonder and I guess feel insecure or, uns- or unsure. Oh, he's downloading all these apps. For instance, apps like Find More Fish in the Sea, Fuck Milfs Now, Cheaters.com, Live Sex Now apps, Fuck Locals apps, so on and so forth. He claims he just does it to look. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Sweetheart. Sweetheart. What's he going to download next? How to kill your girlfriend of 10 years? I'm just into true crime. And he's not doing it to act on anything, but still, it makes me mad. Am I wrong for feeling this way? Absolutely not. And he's been with you for 10 years and he hasn't married you and now he's looking at this shit? Yeah, fuck that. Fuck that. Not only are you right to feel this, get out of this relationship. All right? Um, Should I ignore? He claims like it's just like watching porn. (laughs) But come on. Fuck locals now. Uh, Red flag or is it just me? Looking forward to your response. Is it a red flag? It's, It's the fucking Soviet Union. Dude, I, I, I don't even know what the fuck to tell Yeah, it's over. It's over. Okay, you're 31 years old. You still got your life ahead of you. Get the fuck out of that thing now. That's a, that's a crock of shit. That's a crock of fucking shit. That's the easiest question ever. Why would you be looking at those apps? Exactly. Exactly. You're looking, to, you're looking for a new love, baby. All right. The great Andrew. Themelis just sent me the picture. Here we go. Let's see. Here we go. Doodle-doo-doo. Oh my God. That's fucking unbelievable. Your dad is ridiculously talented. That is incredible. I'm going to have to post that. That's it. I got to do a show in Mexico. I mean, come on. All right. It's, it's the one from the first season where I got the gun up on my shoulder. Um, that is legit. All right. Well, tell your dad I said thank you so much. Thank you for uh, introducing you to my specials and you introducing him to The Mandalorian. I really appreciate it. And uh, you know what? One of these years when this stupid COVID thing is over, I'm going to go to an F1 race or a uh, MotoGP race down there. And then I'll do a stand-up show maybe the night before or something like that and have a great time. Uh, That means a lot to me. Thank you so much for sending that in. All right? Okay, people, that's the podcast. Have a great couple of days. Go fuck yourselves, and I'll check in on you on Thursday.